Welcome back to the Whatnots Reactor Core number 129. And welcome back to us talking about the Venture Bros. It's yes. it feels both so long, but also right at home because they often took very long to make their seasons. <laughs> oh man, I'm happy to be here. So yes, this is a a, a long time coming. Mm-hmm. We covered the Adventure Brothers on our other podcast, The Review Show, back in early 2020. It was our first experiment with covering the entirety of a show and not just a new thing every week book club style. Yeah. So we talked about that beginning of 2020. Uh, and I was this is a longtime favorite show of mine. I fell in love with the show in like 2010. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And when we watched it at the beginning of 2020, I hadn't watched season seven yet. I was like, I need to rewatch the show before I start the new season. It's time for a revisit. And then I was able to watch it with you. And it was accidentally the most miraculous thing in my life that during this very stressful, like initial lockdown time, I had new episodes of my favorite TV show I could watch. Amazing. Like it was accidentally the best thing I could have done for myself. So I... I have an even stronger emotional connection to the Venture Brothers now after doing that series than I ever did before. Indeed. My name is Kyle Springer and I'm joined I, by Melissa Wilkinson, Venture Burroughs enthusiast extraordinaire. <laughs> Probably should have introduced myself by name instead of giving you this very emotional statement up front. <laughs> hey that is a okay um yeah i i first watched this show with you as you mentioned here on our podcast um it was a show that i always wanted to get into because people that i really respected enjoyed it and always talked about it being like oh man it's so good it's so smart it's it's funny it's not what you you would expect um and yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it once we started watching it for the show. Uh, and I think instantly became a favorite of mine. I obviously don't have the like art of the Venture Bros I- book that you have <laughs> back there on your set or the the, the T-shirt that you're sure. wearing. I got my um, boys back here behind the camera. Let me see if I can grab them. <laughs> Pulling down the... DVD. Oh, the action figures. Yeah, there you go. Dr. Venture and the Monarch. Yeah, the DVDs. I I do have all the DVDs and Blu-rays. Those are in the living room. This is the number one thing that I have collectibles for. I'm not a collectible person. I'm not a T-shirt person. But for this show, I am. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the Venture Burroughs Radiant is the blood of the baboon heart. This was uh kind of an emotional up and down for for us as we discovered that this thing was happening um because obviously they announced an eighth season Mm. and then that got canceled and then everyone was just like what the the scripts were partly written like this was halfway Mm. in production yeah um like this is a show with a real continuing storyline that is very close we can tell to like giving us some answers yeah it's like season eight might be all they need to like really tie this up if you give them the notice so 
when we talked about season seven, we were so excited for season eight. And then a couple months later, oh, yeah, uh, when you're already in a pandemic, guess what? Your favorite show is canceled. And then we got the news it that sucked. it, among a number of other long running adult swim shows, Metalocalypse and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, Venture Brothers, Brothers in Arms, uh, we're getting Blu-ray movies. And I'm very happy yeah. that it was like we're releasing them digitally and on Blu-ray. Like same week, you get to have like a nice physical edition of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So it 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 sucked that we did not get the full season to wrap up the show, mm-hmm. uh, but we did mm-hmm. get a straight to DVD movie. Uh, and I think for like having a plan in mind for a full season and then kind of having mm-hmm. to condense that down and also like time constraints and pandemic stuff, like making this during that time, I feel like they did a good job with, with, yes. with this. I, I I thought this was really well made. I posted on one of the plethora of social media mm. accounts that's out there that watching this movie to me felt like putting on a pair of favorite underwear that you thought you lost, right? It, it hugs all your bits and bobs. It's comfy. It it, it 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 like it feels it feels like home. But you thought you lost it. Yes. Right. You were so scared. <laughs> you were like, right. "Oh no, like, I will never have this comfort again." And what then if your you favorite find them and you put them on, and it's just like, "Oh, yes, yes, this what feels so good." <laughs> your house burned down, and you think you lost your favorite little stuffed giraffe, Mister Ricci. You're never going to get to hug Mr. Ricci again. And then your neighbor, Dr. Orpheus, the necromancer is like, don't worry, Dean. I was able to save Mr. Ricci. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I I think this just hits the ground running. If you are Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. fan of the show and you know all the lore. I think if you've never watched the Venture Brothers, probably not the best place to start, right. to be honest. Why start here? Yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, start at that square one. Um, mm. Go back. Uh, I even tried to like look up on y- YouTube. Like, uh, so what what happened in like season one? What happened in season two? And surprisingly, not as many recap videos as I was expecting. Man. That is actually a a a pretty open niche. If you want to be the one to, to <laughs> make like season one recaps, there is an official Adult Swim yes. recap for seasons one through four. That Henchman Twenty One does. Yeah, as a like podcast, but I like even that. Like, if you're actually looking for like, okay, what did happen? That one's also kind of confusing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I would honestly recommend it, mm. end it, but it did at least remind me of like, oh, yeah, there was that one storyline about how mm. uh, like it, it, Hank it, it tried to like made out with that one woman. They had sex, but it turns out that that, that maybe uh, what's his name's mom and, the, and like all of that. And the whole thing mom. is yes. right. Yeah, it was it was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot about like all of that. And there's like I it's like I, I think I was very sucked into the idea of the the, the plot being like, OK, so who is their mom? 
is is Dr. Fincher related to the monarch? Uh, what what's happening with all that? Like that that I think was my one thing. Like I bet they're related. I think I think I know. Uh, (laughs) And uh, here we go. We finally have a little bit of answers in this. Yes, and that's that's what we've been striving for. Those are the two big mysteries hanging over the show. What exactly is the connection with Doctor Venture and the Monarch, and who is the boy's mom? And you get very interesting surprising answers to both of those questions in this special yep. uh they yep. save them both for the variant you don't get to know a lot of fallout of these revelations yeah but that's something else i i wound up really liking really appreciating about this movie is that at the end of it the status quo isn't very different like this doesn't we know it is the last thing it reveals these mysteries but it doesn't otherwise feel like a finale, which is strangely comforting. Like everything we were imagining was going to happen in a season eight. We The doors open for us to just like keep imagining it. It's like yeah. <laughs> there was no conclusion to anybody's journey in this movie. Just sort of the relationship between the show and its audience. So you can just imagine whatever you want for the monarch to get up to. You can use your action figures and mash right. them together and have fun that <laughs> way, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it like it, that. That is, I think, also the shortcomings of the movie mm. and just kind of of the circumstances that they ha- ha- had. Right? Is that yeah? You don't really get uh, like finality to everything in this, but there is that like emotional closure. Of like, I've been watching the show for so long and this has yes. been the central mystery. And now I kind of know. Right. But you don't get the fallout. You don't get like it, the status quo doesn't really change. There's like not much different in the world or anything as a result. It just kind of is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And it, yeah, I, I think that is the shortcoming. But I, man, I, I had a blast watching this this i i could really tell that this could have been a full season Mm -hmm. they could have explored some of these more because you have like three or four different plots happening in this movie it's pretty busy um here because you you have them trying to find hank Right. You have Jane like out on his adventure to find his brother. But then you have Hank out there trying to find his mom. You have the monarch and him like trying to catch up on everything and still still like get his status back in the villain world. And then you have Dr. Venture, who's kind of oblivious to all of it but somehow his story still (laughs) ties into everything right yeah um he's launching a new smart home product a new helper Mm. bot and something goes wrong with them they all start levitating and that like and, and that starts lifting up their entire building into space like what what is happening it's, it's chaos that's one of my favorite moments in film so far this it's year it's a great moment when the, when the building just takes off 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the to the the I'm gonna rock right now. Right. <laughs> I, I this this movie's got two very good needle drops in it. We've got Small Town Boy by Bronski Beat and It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. Yep. Deal with these like helper, like home assistant things, these little canister smart devices that look like helper's head, the family robot is that you can use them as a speaker, but if the volume gets too loud, it affects something in the mechanism and the thing starts levitating. And Ventec Tower is full of like thousands and thousands of these things because the product's about to be launched. And then this villain like takes control of all of them, puts on, it takes two, cranks it up, and all of them levitate and lift an entire skyscraper into the stratosphere. (laughs) <laughs> it's a really lovely moment. I love the poetry of It Takes Two being the song just because this is a show all about different partnerships. Like it, it's really yeah, relied on this absolutely. like two man team of Jackson Public and Doc Hammer who then play so many pairs of characters throughout the show. It's all about these pairs. Mm-hmm. So It Takes Two, besides just being funny, uh, I thought it was symbolically very nice. Yeah, absolutely. It was good. Um, that that was kind of like a, a, a brief plot synopsis. Do you, <laughs> you want to add stuff in there? I, I know I kind of glossed over uh, the stuff and just did the like, here's the elevator pitch. Um, I think so. Yeah, that's that's most of the storylines are following. Well, I guess Doc Venture, the monarch, the two boys on their separate journeys. Dr. And Mrs. The monarch develops her own things she's investigating as well it's very busy yeah absolutely but that is why i was like it 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 feels just like putting on a, f- a pair of your favorite underwear that you thought you lost right like there's <laughs> there's so much happening but each and every moment still feels uniquely like the venture bros yes. like it doesn't feel like they missed a beat let's or or, uh, or they they focused on the wrong things or mm. something it, it just like yeah this is it this is it, what i wanted <laughs> this is g- this great is why i love this show it feels so distinct and so personal n- n- less in an emotional way and more of like here's these two guys making each other laugh and like doing voices at each other like it really feels like you're let in on these goofy conversations yeah. uh, and that is sustained. I think you you can tell how things were supposed to be TV show episodes and that maybe Each that is the format is like in which the story episodes. works the best. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think this is very like successful, that. very touching. It is a nice scrapbook of past memories on the show. But again, not feeling you're satisfied, but the fact that it doesn't feel like a finale Actually, I think makes it more comforting. I don't think that that just detracts from any sense of closure. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Maybe opens the door down the road for a season eight, whether it's on Cartoon Network or Netflix picks it up or who knows what. I, I don't know how all of that stuff works. But <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I, I this was out on d- d- digital it, and on a physical release, I bought it mm. on Amazon. I know you bought it digitally too, right? Or did did yes. because you bought the physical? Did they give you a code that you could no, like? Well, here's I, your download. It came from out. Day one. It, yes, but it came out digitally on f- last Friday, but it didn't come out on physical release until Tuesday. 
So mm. I bought it on Voodoo and then I bought the Blu-ray, which does gotcha. also give me a digital code. It also comes with a free poster of the cover art. So that's a oh, nice. bonus. That's nice. value I didn't expect. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my question is then what special features and stuff is on the the physical Blu-ray? What what else is is on there besides just the movie? There is a, a creator commentary, uh, Doc and Jackson's commentaries they've done on like nearly every episode. I think it's only on select episodes on season one because there was only so much that could like fit on the DVD at that time. But since then, every single episode has had a commentary by them. They're so funny. So you've got that. You've got something that is labeled as Doc and Jackson answer fan questions. Oh, cool. That I figured it would be a featurette, but when I clicked on it, it is another commentary track over oh. the movie, which I haven't watched yet. I didn't realize there, that that's what it was. So I didn't have time to watch it before we sat down here. I didn't get my Blu-ray until like Friday night. So I still have that ahead of me as a special treat. Gotcha, uh, and then yeah. there's another feature called Hodgman and Friends, which is just John Hodgman sits down and talks to the creators don't know if it's like an hour long i don't know what's in there i don't know if it's an interview a variety show different kinds of commentaries on this (laughs) it's there's those three things but those three things are like pretty substantial that's awesome um so was there like from watching the commentary was there any kind of tidbits bits and bobs that you learned that you thought was interesting um we're either about the production of this movie or about the show in general. A lot of the commentaries are tangents, which are beloved to me. I, I'd already watched the movie twice, and then I watched it a third time with commentary, and they did point out a visual detail I didn't catch the first time. It was okay. very happy to see. Which is? <laughs> I always forget if we do like a full spoiler break and I, I, reactor cores or not. <laughs> we, we sometimes do. We sometimes cagey. don't. Um, I I I figured since I I already mentioned the whole building being lifted up, we're kind of already in spoiler sure. zone. But just uh, just in case, I I, the, I will hit the, our our spoiler but button here. So we are officially in spoilers. Because this refers to the very final seconds of the thing in that post credit sequence where you find out that, well, first you learn that like the boy's mother is Debbie St. Simone, but she was just an egg donor for this mm-hmm. project Dr. Venture was working on, which is where he just, he just grew the, the little babies himself and he wears them in this like fake stomach, this like cyber this, thing like, that's like strapped onto his stranding body. looking thing. <laughs> God, Kojima uh, yeah. predicting another thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the final minutes of the the movie is that you see him like sitting at his drafting table and then something beeps and he's like, oh, time for the boys to get here. And then Helper's like rocking a little cradle. Helper's yeah. always been there. This movie does so right by Helper. Uh, and you see the little babies inside this like clear translucent techno womb just like do the little go team venture at each other. It's It's so sweet. But when Hank goes to see Dermot and Dermot has taken all of the debris from the destroyed venture compound, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of very cool Easter eggs in there. But the one I didn't catch is that he has that womb and like Hank is fiddling with it at one point. He's holding Uh, his own womb in his hands and he doesn't know what it is. 
Interesting. Yeah. I don't think I ca- I caught that. I'm just like, what is that device? I don't remember that. I, um, I didn't. Huh. I didn't fine tooth comb this thing, but I did like a regular comb over it. I did pause on some things like some of the artifacts that Dermot has that he's taken, which is so fitting for his character, both in that he's just like pilfering this stuff and like selling it back to people. But also like <laughs> he is a venture. And he's never really gotten to be a venture. So you can see this as a sort of emotional, like, if my father won't hand me the family legacy, I'll take it for myself. I'll put the big V logo up on my wall. I'm in charge of my own legacy now. Dermot now has Orb. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Even if Orb is totally broken and pointless, I think it's very funny that it did end up in Dermot's hands, uh, the lost venture. Yeah. (laughs) oh man yeah i i like this did feel like a tour de horse of like Mm. here's all these characters you know and love you remember they each got a little bit of screen time it never Mm. really felt like anyone like was neglected or like forgotten you you see almost everybody i know they did talk about how the one thing they were pained to have to cut out of it was uh, a final button on Serena's story with the boys or getting to see wide whale again or mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, but again, you will watch this and you also get the impression that they'll talk to Serena next week. Like nothing yeah. feels like it's not like going right to happen this, in the narrative of the story. Like, yes. Okay. Right. Now that we've solved this mystery, let's focus on <laughs> you. Yes. I, I, I have confidence that they can resolve that issue uh, successfully. <laughs> yeah. So like, that's something that was very important in the last bits of season seven that doesn't get to continue here. Unfortunately, uh, Billy and white have always been my favorites. I would have taken a little bit more Billy and white, but otherwise we there's so many characters we get to spend a good amount of time with there's a lot of red death there's a lot of jefferson twilight brick yeah. frog plays an important role yeah. <laughs> yeah um like i it 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 felt nostalgic in in that mm-hmm. way because we get to spend just a little bit of time with everyone right um, yeah so that like that was comforting to say the least um i i did kind of like the revelations about um oh god what was her name the one girl that could turn invisible um uh well there's bobby saint simone and then her daughter is is deborah so i guess deborah is the one that we see Mm -hmm. well no it it was bobby saint simone because we get her backstory of like how she became invisible and and stuff like that like i i thought that stuff was neat that was kind of a a a detour in the plot where like he goes to hank goes to visit her just like and you you can tell that like he says like he's being like all right when's the right time to say you're my mom and and she (laughs) just immediately is like you know i'm not your mom right (laughs) (laughs) you know you've been here before right like you i love that which is a great callback to them being clones that like somewhere along the line he's figured it out before multiple times and has like gone to her and it's just like oh so heartbreaking (laughs) that maybe hank and dean because at the end of this special the audience knows but they still don't know 
exactly who their mom is. They just know it isn't Bobby St. Simone. They don't know mm-hmm. that Deborah like donated her eggs for this project. That's a secret for just us. Uh, yeah. The fact that maybe they have learned in the past and then just had their memories wiped or they died and got rebooted. It's very heartbreaking. Yep. <laughs> they can't make any progress. But I love the... It's good to know this information, which is surprising. I have always imagined that, like, Doc was in love once and, like, had his heart broken and this woman, like, abandoned him with these babies. I imagine that's perhaps what other people have been picturing as well. Yeah. So to learn that there was no woman, he just reached out to, like, an acquaintance and got some eggs, got some biological material. He has no real connection to this woman besides, like, admiring her mother as this like beautiful woman he encountered when he was very young, which is why I guess he gives that name because uh, the action man tells it to Hank in Coma Town. So like, as far as I know, your mom's an actress named Bobby St. Simone. Yeah. Like you can imagine like Rusty Venture just has these babies all of a sudden. The people in his family are like, where'd those come from? And he's like, what? This is this real fox named Bobby St. Simone. <laughs> Meow. You know, she took off and now I'm stuck with these two. Like, you're left to imagine what story it is that he told everybody for why he just has these babies. It's not clear. He's, he's, he's like, who he all his no- letters. You want to know how I got these kids? Every time it's a different story. Yeah, that's it. The monarch's like, you want to know how I got this hate? Those are the two major questions of the show. But that's the thing. Like, even though their their mom is kind of non-existent, Mm. I also imagine something that would have happened in late season eight, if not beyond, is it's like, well, is the monarch also their dad? Kind of. So now they have two dads. Uh, How how does that work? And right. And they just have this so many parents around. I I'm I'm there had to have been some gig gag gag where they ask Dr. Venture if it's OK if they go do something. And then and then he says no. And then they go to the mom, 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 monarch <laughs> and he says yes. And so they go go do it. It's like ask your mom, ask your other dad. dad right. Like there, there <laughs> I was had hope- to have been something like that. I was there. really hoping that if they had found out that Dr. Venture and the monarch were brothers. But then we would have seen the boys called Dr. Dr. Mrs. The Monarch and Dr. Mrs. Uncle The Monarch. Like, You're right. Yeah. I wanted that. I wanted them to figure out what Twice to call these removed. people now. Yeah. <laughs> but what's the mom reveal is so touching to me that at the end of the day, the point is you don't need a mom. I'm not telling you because you don't need to know. You just need to know that I love you. Maybe I've done a very bad job of ever showing that. (laughs) I let you die several times, but then I did reboot you several times. Like, they've always had this complicated relationship with their father. And to learn that he, he was not stuck with them. He made them. Those boys were made with, like, purpose and intention and creativity and, and love. And also comes from this, like, place of loneliness like he didn't have a woman in his life he grew up like this only child of this like dad who wasn't absent but was emotionally absent and dragged him all around the world and he never knew who his mom was like there's something tragic in him just making like his own children to be Mm -hmm. brothers to each other in a way that he never had 
At least didn't yeah. know that he had. He didn't know that he had a clone out there or a little <laughs> right. JJ growing inside his body. Multiple uh, clones out there. <laughs> it's there's a moment where all of the helper pods are like lifting the the building up in the air, and Doc is calling Billy and White trying to get them to help fix it. And Billy's like, "You started this problem. You have to take responsibility for it." And Doc's like, "I never wanted to make these things. I never <laughs> wanted to get into." home consumer products like i wanted to make super science stuff and at that point in the movie you see that as a metaphor of him talking about the boys i never wanted to make those things don't make me take responsibility for mm, my science. Yeah. and then you learn no he did want to make them he so intentionally created sweet little hank and dean and it's through super science that has always been his way like it was JJ who's like, what if I made a phone? What if I made an iPod? Like JJ right, liked yeah. that stuff. Rusty never did. Rusty wants to make a walking eye. He wants to make two sweet little twin boys and a walking eye. Just let him do that. This is like so this is, I think, a good example of uh like the when when you see teams like the X-Men or something, mm. right? How do they have the money to get all these these like planes that keep being destroyed and live in this mansion and none of them have jobs and there's always that uh -huh. thing like oh well they use the the the, the patents of their inventions uh -huh. to like sell but then you don't see any of that stuff like hit mass mm. market or anything like that right and so it's just like how does this happen so like it is one of those interesting like good examples of like you're actually seeing it happen like they they yeah. use the technology that they have in helper to make the like home helper bot thing and then they can make mm. money selling that and that feeds his adventures and super science and all of that stuff um so it also is in an odd way like this interesting partnership of like yeah. i'm just here to do super science versus cool we will enable that yeah. By taking all of the stuff that you invent and reconfiguring it into like <laughs> home consumer right. goods. Or stuff right. that your stuff <laughs> that your dad invented, that your brother invented. Right. Stuff yeah. that Billy and yeah. White and Pirate Captain are gonna make for you. Yeah. And he makes these things look like helper. And helper beeps at him and is upset and he oh, says, It's an homage, not a replacement. And you realize he has done that several times. He's made several things that kind of look like Helper. We'll use Helper as a model. And Helper never has been replaced. Yeah. Like there's that bot that there's that like more sleek robot butler that like JJ had in place when they first moved into Ventec Tower that Helper pushes off the roof. Like Helper holds his own. Like Helper proves himself every time. I, I I've always liked Helper, even if he just beeps and he doesn't speak. I think he's sweet that he knows nothing but the Venture family, but he's been there constantly, tirelessly, like since yeah. Rusty was a kid. Like he really loves that family. And I think they really do love Helper in their own way. And I love to see that when Doc created the boys, it's just him and Helper there in that lab. Like Helper, the, these boys have so many other parents, and Helper's definitely one of them. Definitely. Like sometimes a family isn't a mom and a dad. Sometimes it's a dad and a robot and a bodyguard and then another bodyguard and, uh, and a guy in a butterfly ben costume. Who lives next door, right? <laughs> so I, I I wanted to talk real quick about uh, old man 
Ben, the guy who's, uh-huh. who's supposed to be the like Obi Wan knockoff, but also isn't a <laughs> wizard. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so here's the thing: like, b- b- because I've only watched the show one one time, Haru, mm. <laughs> and didn't really get to revisit it. I forgot what the kind of relevant details, plot info on Ben was exactly mm. i know he there was that one time where where I, I think it was hank kind of discovered him and had some good conversations w- with him and I, I i i think watching this movie having this kind of vague like i don't really remember what happened ex- exactly but i kind of do um i i was even wondering like is there gonna be some other bigger reveal with him like mm. it I, not that he would be like he's their real father or something <laughs> like that yeah. but I, I just felt like there's something else with him there but maybe they already did those reveals and i just kind of don't remember it did did you get any kind of vibes like that that there was something more to his character uh, we first meet Ben in a very venture Halloween where Dean goes off and encounters him. And that's where Dean, Dean learns yeah. that him and Hank are clones. Uh, and then there's an episode in season seven where he goes, they go back to the compound and he tries to visit him, but he's out surfing and he just talks to Red Helper, who then reveals that Rusty was a clone. Uh, he, I He's just like another colleague of... Jonas's who wasn't part of like that team venture with like action man and Colonel gentleman. He's almost like Jonas's Billy and white, just sort of living tangentially out there on the outskirts of this little family action adventure unit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 it was just kind of one of those, those things because I didn't really remember it exactly. I was just like, I wonder who knows. Maybe I'm missing something or forgot something that would have wrapped this up. But he's, oh well. he's an exposition guy. Uh, okay. We probably would have seen more of him if we got back to Colorado more often. Uh, and if he wasn't voiced by Academy Award winner J.K. Simmons, who I presume is very busy. Right. Yeah. He has <laughs> Invincible be the Season M&M. 2 uh, <laughs> coming up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, so I, like all of this chaos, the uh, search to find their mom, to find Hank, to get back in good standings with the um, calamitous in, in, intent. The what's the whole f- name the, here? The Guild of Calamitous Intent. Guild. Okay. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, to to get back in good good standings with. Them like all, all of that kind of comes to a head at Ben's house when they f- like like they all meet back up. They kind of reveal what they learned, what they found out, and then we kind of get the 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 big final reveal of w- what the hell this title means. Radiant is the blood of the baboon. Yes. Heart. Um. What did you think of of this? That they're that they're not just like dr venture and the monarch aren't just pure clones of one another they also have baboon dna in them the monarch has it which seems like 
the way Ben tells it is that they made this rusty clone and then they also wanted to make a monarch, the clone that was going to be Malcolm Fitzcarraldo, the monarch. And they recognized that there's like a balding gene in the Venture family. So they give him like 2% baboon DNA to try and counteract that. And Ben's like, I told him, don't put that monkey junk in there. It's just going to make him more aggressive. But that's how we, I guess, how we end up with the the monarch's resplendent hair and and eyebrows out to here. Right. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. I. It was one of those things that I at first was like, that was it. That's why they named it Radiant Blood and the Baboon Heart. That's ridiculous. Um. But like, I I, I think having it sit for a couple of days, I kind of like it. It 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 is yeah. this like. It's a small detail that feels like a joke that, again, unfortunately, they probably would have done more with mm. if they had gotten more time or we could see the fallout of of of, of this. Um, but it felt just this like throw away. Oh, yeah, we just put in two percent baboon. That's it. Right. It's just like, oh. Okay, cool. It, like, I, yeah, okay. <laughs> it ends up lifting him up higher than ever putting him down. I, I, I was also on team. They are half brothers with their clones of each other being the the second option. Uh, I do think it's very funny that when the monarch learned when they learned that they're related to each other, like they both write it off. Like I don't know, we're like fourteenth cousins or something. Who cares? It doesn't make a difference. And then they're like. <laughs> Dr. Venture's like, well, my dad did get around. I mean, maybe. I, I love how long it takes Smash. them to realize, <laughs> is to... there something? Don't you talk about my dad like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like that journey between the two of them that they don't think at all what the audience has been thinking. And to learn that yeah. he, Monarch is a clone of Rusty, which it's still kind of ambiguous if there was unoriginal born of woman rusty venture or if he was always an experiment from the beginning yeah. like kind of what he did with hank and dean like there's still a vague area there like who was rusty's mom the monarch does look so much like the woman we saw was his mom is that truly the mom of both of them i i don't know there's still some ambiguity there but I really yeah. love when Monarch's kind of down on himself for being a clone of Rusty Venture plus 2% baboon DNA. And then in, in, Dr. Invisible Wife comes in and tells him, you're a Greek myth. You're a living myth of a man pitted in an eternal battle against the worst aspects of yourself. I love that that's <laughs> it's a cherry on top of the Monarch story. He's fighting himself. He's so good at hate. Yeah, yeah, those absolutely. The, the the oppositions between those two are really fascinating. Like when Dr. Venture says, yeah, I hate you too, but I don't walk around obsessing about it all day. It's not why I put on my <laughs> speed suit in the morning. Like he lives for super science and for his family. And the monarch lives to be a villain who hates Dr. Venture. <laughs> like there's so little to even common. Like monarch's like such a loving husband and like, kind of in this odd partnership with like henchman 21 and dr venture is nothing like that but he does have his boys and 
Like there's yeah. nothing about either one of them that like intersects with what the other one's doing. They are opposites in so many different ways. I, and I love that this changes nothing about the monarch. He's like, okay, I don't know how to do anything else than this. I still hate him. I'm still going to keep at it. I'm going to send my invisible wife out there to pants him in front of everybody. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, like I, I think like you had this like 2% baboon DNA reveal is is it's it's not a well, we don't like the monarch. So we're going to do this mm-hmm. joke at his expense. Like as the title implies, it's this like radiance like this mm-hmm. is a thing to kind of like make you shine like this is yeah. the, the thing that truly makes you who you are um and yeah it it, it f- feels like a celebration of the monarch and not in it, it, it not a like we're gonna like this whole thing is a joke at your expense right um Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like it, it, it just it felt like this neat, neat way to be like, here's this like almost throwaway joke, this little tiny detail <laughs> that has changed everything. Yeah. Right. But it's made you who you are. And that's why it's special. And that's why it's such an important thing. And that's why it's radiant. Radiant is the yes. blood of the baboon heart, which is also a great uh, t- uh, title. They're right? good with it's, words like that. <laughs> yeah, it 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 fits right in with like the pulp hero stuff of mm-hmm. like Doc Savage and Johnny Quest and all of that stuff, which is is what they're 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 spoofing and riffing on. So it fits right in. Um, and it's also just kind of this ridiculous nonsense. Yes. It's <laughs> is the blood of the baboon heart. What? Right. It's very evocative nonsense. And it echoes yeah. what Ben tells Hank when he gives him the watch that like Jonas gave to him years ago. And he says, you choose your family. Blood doesn't make a family. Love does. And he tells him about the watch, how it's got like all these extra dials and like you know, this little calendar thing where it tells you what day it is. He's like, these are called complications uh, in watch terminology. And the more complications a watch has, the more value it has. And he uses that as this metaphor, like complications make your life special. And mm-hmm. that's true for the boys. And it's true for the monarch. It's true for everybody. Yeah. There's indeed, a lot indeed. of interesting echoes in this, like how the boys never find out the identity of the biological woman who gave her material to help make them reminded me of one other, like very small sort of dangling thread from the series, which is where Billy doesn't know that his mom was also a superhero who worked with team venture. Like if the boys don't need to know that about their mom, like Billy doesn't either. Not that I ever expected that to be important enough to come up, come up in the finale movie. But just thinking about these themes that keep recurring throughout the show, it really comes down to, for me, you don't need to know where you came from specifically. You just need to know where you came from emotionally. You need to know who you are. You need to know who your family is. Not like in a blood way, but like who cares about me? Like Hank and Dean don't need to know who Deborah St. Simone is. They need to know that their dad loves them helper loves him brock the hatred orpheus like all these people around them like love them will care for them have their back they don't need to know anything about the saint simones 
Yeah. Uh, although it is so funny to me that the boys are descendants of the guild. <laughs> that Jabber St. Simone's father is force majeure who created that like big asteroid in space where like the council meets and he's the one who yeah. like started the guild of calamitous intent. <laughs> like, that's very funny uh, that the boys are, that it could inherit the guild. <laughs> yeah. Again, this is the things that you can think of would happen right? down the road, right? What happens when, when Dr. Venture retires, right? And they have to take up the mantle of team venture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, God, uh, yeah, I I had a blast watching this. I I think it was a great time. I don't know if I have much else to say. Do you have oh. more notes that you want to? Kyle, I took so share? many notes. Please, what do you, <laughs> what do you think continue, I'm doing here? Please, the rest of this episode is now a monologue. Hold all <laughs> questions for the end. I'm muting my mic for the rest of the episode. <laughs> 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 Just kidding. <laughs> There's a lot of really wonderful callbacks in this. Mm-hmm. I love when Hank goes back to the compound and he sees all of these yeah. past memories of like all these different points across the series, even one that he doesn't actively remember, which is like the montage of Doc revealing to to Orpheus, I guess. Oh, no, the boys are clones. They've died like a dozen times before. And there's that montage of deaths. And one of them is Hank wearing his Batman costume, holding an umbrella, yeah. jumping off the roof. Like that's in there. Maybe some buried memory in the back of Hank's head that appears. Uh, we get Brick Frog. We get uh, the things like that big conspiracy board that that, that Deborah yep. made, tracking everything about Doctor Mrs. the Monarch's past. That's <laughs> filled with all these fun little Easter eggs. When they watch the video clip for "Follow That Bikini," itself a perfect genre pastiche. Right, They're yeah. watching the clip on YouTube. You can see that the person who uploaded the video was Augusta St. Cloud. Nice. <laughs> and Serena was watching Follow That Bikini like in some episode in season six. Okay. <laughs> like they were trying to seed this early. It's fun to see what they can pick up from earlier seasons and like make into something and what they were trying to legitimately like plot out long term. Like it's that, really that was... cool to see that pay off. That was always one of the strengths of this show is the like long term storytelling that they they would like start planting in season two and three. Right. And you wouldn't yes. get an answer until season five or six um, like that. Like that is just incredible because it, it really does make you think, no, they've had this whole thing like at least loosely pl- plotted out mm-hmm. of like the directions they want to go. Here's some of the like family tr- tr- trees of uh, who's related to who who's a clone of who, who they at least knew some of that stuff so they could yeah. start putting those details in there and that's always been inc- incredible so mm-hmm. i know like them. the the pants golem listening to the commentary they said that the pants golem was like the one thing left over from their pitch book from like 23 years ago that they hadn't oh, yet man. worked into a story it's like that's, that's awesome. what the pants golem is Apparently they've been wanting to do more with Jefferson Twilight for ages. That's why we go visit like <laughs> where he used to live in Chicago as right, part of yeah. like a, a, a shared space among other weird vigilante heroes who each have their own corner of a warehouse. The logo on the warehouse is that like handy dandy hair wax. There's an episode in season seven where the monarchs ran out of wax 
for his eyebrows and his goatee so he looks real shabby. Like that logo is in here again. The show's really efficient about developing things and then reusing them. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite callbacks, which goes by like so quickly, is when Hank goes to see Dermot and they're watching the clip of Follow That Bikini when Hank yeah. thinks that's Bobby St. Simone. That's my mom. And Dermot says, she's hot. I'd do her. And then Hank's like, dude, that's my mom. When Hank slept with Dermot's mom. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing. And Dermot still doesn't know any of that. Dermot knows his dad is Rusty Venture. Right. He still doesn't yeah. know like his sister is really his mom. Like, what, is Dermot ever going to learn this? There's Such still a so many figure. secrets. The Poor per- Dermot. There's, there's so much secret secrets and tragedy oh pervasive God. throughout this entire series yeah and you know that like if somebody <laughs> just talked to the right somebody else like everything would be revealed but right. like i said i think that's part of the point of it is what do you need to know do, does dermot need to know like his sister is his mom and his mom is his grandma or just you just need to know that he is a family who loves him yeah <laughs> like don't look too hard at it just just Know who you are emotionally, know your own truth uh, and and grow past anything that's holding you back. Like I liked Hank running off and being counseled by these past personas he's taken, mm. like film noir Hank from the, the episode where you find out about Dermot's parentage and the bat Hank and Enrico Matassa and Russian Gajovic which is a fake name he makes up when he like puts on a henchman uniform and sneaks into like, the monarch wedding. <laughs> like Amazing. I like that we get an actual design for Russian Kyovich. And then he goes into Comatown and then Dean lands in Comatown too. And then he's got his never ending story. Get up from like, yeah, I think also that same episode, like it's the season two or three finale. I forget which where he goes on like a big fantasy adventure. I, yeah. I like they, <laughs> he, he hasn't done it to the degree that Hank has, but he has also has had these, flights of fancy these these escapes that are meant to sort of like protect him and they both go into coma town orpheus is also there dressed as zardoz which is incredible they go in there and they they shed that behind They, they they leave it behind these these personas that have represented hiding from something running away from a problem feeling isolated feeling like you can't talk to anybody the boys leave that behind they get out they they're there for each other they're honest they are on the same page like you don't see it but you know i I believe they're going to resolve the issue with serena like i I think those boys will have each other's backs forever serena i think is is genuinely lovely and didn't mean to hurt anybody (laughs) i there's really lovely growth in this and silly things like you get to see the ventronic super suit again a thing i completely (laughs) forgot existed and I was so happy that this was this like final card that they could pull out. Like yep. you remember this thing from like season three? We still have it. <laughs> oh man. God, you hear the jacket song again. I think that's funny when Billy and White are proving to Doc, like, no, you can't we can't launch this helper bot. When you turn the speaker up too high, it levitates, and then when you turn it off, it falls. That could crush a baby's head. I like that the example song, not just that the show is playing, I feel like they, like White is like, put on the, the shallow gravy song I helped produce. We'll use this. 
<laughs> like it feels in character that that's what's happening. I think that's a sweet callback. Like this really feels like such a scrapbook of various mm. important little moments from across the series in like these subtle ways. It doesn't feel like a finale clip show or anything like that. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. The characters aren't really reminiscing. The show is reminiscing about itself and taking you on this trip down memory lane that you are so grateful for. Cause it's, I have watched the show so many times. This was, tr- this has truly been my comfort food show since like I was a sophomore in college up till pandemic. The Venture Brothers really like got me through early pandemic. I can't yeah. tell you how m- what an emotional like crutch I used the show as. It really was there for me when little other things were. Um, and it feels, I don't know, just these dumb little things that I remember coming back and being important. Like just Billy shouting, my mom made chicken piccata. like old references (laughs) new references like everything's in here and it all feels valuable like it all has a meaning behind it nothing feels cheap like every dumb little throwaway gag in this show has been something like I hung a sense of happiness on right yeah because like that's even something that I was thinking about like there is a world in which they make a venture bros movie Mm. that is pared down to one of these plots that's like happening Mm. in this and it it focuses on that it 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 like it puts it under a microscope and we get to see more of what that plot would have been right and that would have been fine, but also it could have been something that potentially stood on its own or mm. did something like that. And it's it's really not. And it is this thing that just kind of feels like a continuation in the best way possible. It does not feel like and and again, I mean this in the best way, like it 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 almost doesn't feel like a movie. Mm hmm. Like, I don't know if I would say this is a good movie just by itself. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But like it, it, it worked with all of these references to things that the characters are are saying or have done or, or have been thinking about this entire time. It just feels like, OK, this is what happened that next day. Right. And it's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. that fits. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, <laughs> just man. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I was I was very happy this happened. I am satisfied. I will always hunger for more. But this is a show that's so dense. You can go back and like pick up new things from it. Like I'll be rewatching the show on a loop yeah. forever till I die. Yeah. <laughs> or, who knows? Maybe instead of more venture barrows, they end up making something new. Something who knows that runs for tens seasons. Who knows? I, I, I've the time I've spent with the show has been a, a, a really important cornerstone of my life. Sincerely, I'm That's very good. grateful for it. That's There's good. something the show always feels so loving to me, <laughs> like the, just the, the the creativity behind it, and like the love the creators have for each other, and for the characters, and for the fans, and like. That's the final line of the DVD commentary. Everybody, I feel like you hear this in a lot of other commentaries, but it felt extra special here. Just the final line is like Doc saying, we love you. Bye. Yeah. 
right? Like, I know you do. I really feel that you do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I had a blast. I had a mm. great time. This was good stuff. It was. Uh, I, I think that might wrap us up. Yeah, finally. There it's you go. It's been a long journey. Our, our, our Venture Brothers journey has concluded. Uh, it's bit bittersweet. You right, know? there's it's there's stuff that I've I have such a, a sentimental and superstitious attachment to this show. Like I I've had that book sitting back there, the art and making of the Venture Brothers. It's a very nice book. It's a nice display piece. But I put it up there, and like I don't know if you can see, I've got like a neon sign of like a, a hand and like a peace sign peace or sign. A, yep. a Go Team Venture V. I've got a, a like a vase back there with butterflies on it. Like I tried to make a little Venture Brothers shrine. This was when the show was canceled. I'm like, this is symbolic. <laughs> I must summon it. I, we need I more. This, right, right. I have to <laughs> manifest this. I've got my like Dr. Venture and Monarch action figures that were like hanging over my desk through like all this time I had to work from home. And I'd, I'd look to them. I made my phone wallpaper a background painting from the show of just like Ventec Tower at night in the New York City skyline. Amazing. Like, I made a promise to myself, you don't change this. I said that in 2020. I'm like, you don't change this until you get to see the next Venture Brothers. And finally, these like ritualistic trappings I made for myself as some silly superstitious thing. Like I could power the show into reappearing in front of me. I can, I can leave them behind. I can leave them in coma town now. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, well, Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? Uh, I don't update them much, but I can be found on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. There you go. Uh, you guys can find me at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter and on Threads. Uh, if you'd like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter and at The Whatnots Official on Threads. Uh, so please go like, share, and subscribe. If you're watching this on YouTube, we got plenty more videos for you to check out right over there. That would help us out a ton. Uh, but yeah, this has been number 129 of the Whatnots Reactor Core. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.